Are y'all tired of singing? Good. We're going to sing one more song. You ready? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Verse 2 goes like this. I'll read it. Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Verse 3, pardon for sin and peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer, uh, to cheer, not to jeer, goodness, to cheer us and to guide strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine and 10,000 beside. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. I pray you be with me right now. Help me to get out of the way and for your word to shine. Help us to grow according to your faithfulness, which is unending. We love you and trust you. In Christ's name, amen. You know, this song is a wonderful reminder of the fact that we must root our life in one place, God. You can't root your life in Cowboys' success in the playoffs. You can't root your success in even the Texans who did better. You can't root yourself in a career, in a retirement, in the American political system. You can't root yourself in who's going to be the next president. The only place that we can truly root ourselves and know that it will stand firm is God. When we discuss the attributes of God, we like to discuss God's power. We talked about that. His omniscience, we talked about that this morning. His sovereignty, we talked about that this morning. His holiness, his righteousness. But few of them would mean anything without God's faithfulness. And it matters because our lives are fraught with unfaithfulness. Faithfulness is not in style. At one point in time... um, People would work in careers for 20, 30, 40 years. My mother-in-law just recently retired uh, from her job at the HEB Hospital in Bedford, Texas, where she worked in the laboratory for over 40 years. And whenever they had her retirement party, they said that she was the longest tenured employee on the entire staff of the hospital. 
My grandfather worked for Bell Helicopter for 41 years. I mean, this is, but this is something that just doesn't happen anymore. It's not something our society teaches our children. Few employers experience faithful employees. We are unfaithful sports fans. We're unfaithful shoppers. Hey, if uh, it's too expensive there, we can just buy it on Amazon. We're unfaithful to our TV shows. That's not all bad. The grass is always greener, isn't it? Somewhere else. We're easily swayed by what doesn't please us. And uh, when, when what happens... What happens when we least expect it, when we don't get our way, and then we react by bailing, we leave. We're unfaithful. We just are. And our lives are filled with uncertainty. You know, probably the most certain thing of life is that life is uncertain. It's unpredictable. Tragedy will come. There will be times where we will feel lost, forgotten, forsaken, without hope. But one, the one true constant we can rely on is God's faithfulness. Amen. The guy who wrote this song, his name was Thomas Chisholm, and he lived a seemingly unremarkable life. He was uh, saved at the age of 27. He entered full-time ministry at the age of 36, but he was forced to leave ministry only a year later due to his poor health. And he spent the rest of his days working as a life insurance agent and writing poetry. And he explained about this song. He said, my income was not, had not been large at any time due to my impaired health in my earlier years, which has followed me until now. Although I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God, and that he has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. And I love that his song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, well, he didn't come with, up with that on his own, did he? Lamentations chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. So there are many ways we could look at God's faithfulness this afternoon, um, but I just want to look at two. The first thing I want to look at is that God has always had the final word. That should give us pretty great comfort. The God always has the final word. Isaiah 55 and verse 10, it says, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth the, and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. In other words, whatever God speaks happens. That's it. Because he is a never-changing God, what he says goes. Hebrews 1 says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they shall all wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. Jesus himself put it pretty straight. He said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. He said that in Matthew 24, 35. It means that 
the only one who can really truly say, my word is my bond, is God. And we have his word. His word is his bond. It means he will keep all his promises. It means that he will fulfill every prophecy he ever has made. A.W. Pink wrote, uh, he never forgets, he never fails, he never falters, he never forfeits his word. To every declaration of promise or prophecy, the Lord has exactly adhered. Every engagement of covenant or threatening will he, he will make good. For God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said... And he uh, <clears throat> has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? No, the answer is he's going to do it. God's word is his bond. He keeps all his promises. He fulfills every prophecy. He never fa- fails. He never forgets. He never falters. He never forfeits his word. God is perfect, Amen. and he never changes. So what he says now will be just as true a million years from now as it is today. You can count on his promises. You can rest in his prophecies. They're just as good as accomplished. And here's the second truth I love about this. Because God is faithful and because he has the last word, God's word says that God will keep me and he will keep you. Remember the words of Jeremiah. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Lamentations 3. When Paul wrote this to the Corinthians, he said that our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said that in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 8. Here's a little insight into these words. Jesus Christ will confirm you to the end. That means he will establish you He will make certain about you. It is a guarantee that you will be saved. The next phrase, he says, you'll be blameless. That means nothing can be called up against you. Man, think about that. Nothing can be called against your account. You stand because of Christ, guiltless before God. Because he is true to his word and what he says goes, we stand guiltless before God. And let me tell you, that is the first thing that the devil wants us to forget as soon as we get saved. Because the thing he wants to constantly drive into our face is our failures. He wants to remind us without fail every single time, every time that we mess up, he wants us to see it and feel miserable. And then like, uh, like maybe a husband who has erred with his wife, we, he wants us to avoid God. Maybe like a child who, who, who uh, knowingly uh, 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 transgressed their parents' rules, we want to hide from him. Charlie's here. Oh, he's listening now. Charlie's five. Charlie, do you always listen to mommy and daddy? Now tell the truth, I'm a pastor. Not always. Not always. Sometimes he breaks the rules. When you do something wrong, Charlie, what do you do? Amen. That's what you're supposed to do. But sometimes we will hide, don't we? You might go hide somewhere. And then it's hard to find Charlie. You know, we do the same thing with God. I do it. I find myself having 
fallen and ashamed of myself or disgusted with myself, and it will affect my prayer life. It'll affect how I walk with God. I'll avoid him. That's ridiculous. What a bizarre and silly thing to do to the one who loves us beyond all. The one who has promised for us to stand guiltless. The one who, uh, who our Savior said he will confirm us to the end that we may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, without guilt. Now that doesn't mean we're going to be without sin. That means we are, we are always welcome with him. And he will keep us. He will save you even if you stop believing. He will sustain you until the end. He will make your hope firm and stable, even when all else is falling apart around you. He will help us to persevere. That's his promise. What is the basis of that promise? His word. 1 Corinthians 1.9, the next verse in that passage Paul wrote, it says, God is faithful by whom you are called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God took the initiative in your salvation. He started it. He called you into fellowship with his son. He's not going to abandon what he started. He's not going to give up. He'll bring it across the finish line because God is faithful. Jesus makes it plain in John 6. Verse 37, he says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. There's a lot of uncertainty in this life, but... Boy, is it a joyful thing when you think about how certain we are when we are in Christ. How safe we are. How kept we are. Paul was forceful when he declared in 2 Timothy 1.12. He said, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. So God will keep me because God has committed himself to completing my salvation. He is faithful. That is our God. So why does any of this matter? I, could, I think I could probably go on and I think we could probably have a, a, uh, a testimony time going on about the rich benefits that flow from being related to God in this way. But I love one more thing I'll share. But because he is faithful, we can conquer any temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Because he's faithful, he keeps up his side of the relationship even when we don't. 2 Timothy 2:13 Paul wrote if you if we believe not yet he is he excuse me if we believe not yet he abideth faithful he cannot deny himself Charles Spurgeon's had this to say of it 
He said, the glory of God's faithfulness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. I think every one of us have had a relationship in our life that would just, it would be soul crushing for us to lose that relationship. Relationship with our mother, our father, our brother, sister, our spouse, our child. Yet all of these relationships, while they're many of them pictures of our relationship with the Holy God and with our Savior, they're based on human circumstances, human judgment. Melissa and I are committed to being married. Divorce is not an option. Um, If she ever starts to pack her bags, because she's going to leave, she's going to find me packing my bags too, and I'm going to go, where are we going? Because you're not getting rid of me. But I think it would be foolish to say that I couldn't, that some sin in my relationship with her couldn't destroy that relationship. Even a sin against my father could destroy a relationship with the father. Think about the tremendous love and commitment God has made to you and that no matter what you do, he's going to love you to the very end. We can depend upon him, when, even when we're not dependable. We can count on him. We can look to him to come through. And for our church, we can depend upon him to fulfill his great commission in us if we'll surrender ourselves the following through. We can, we can trust him to give the increase in his time if we're faithful. Great is his faithfulness. Father, I thank you so much for that awesome hymn. I thank you for these incredible truths from your word about your faithfulness. Lord, it is, uh, when we truly consider it, it's alien to us. The idea of that kind of faithfulness, that kind of, of uh, commitment. But Lord, I know it's not commitment to you. It's, it is just an outflow of your character. That you do not forsake that which you love. Lord, you do not forget forgiveness that you've given the blood. And Lord, you do not fail to sustain us when we need you. Lord, help us to rest in this this week. Lord, as we endeavor to, to change into the church you want us to be, to, to be a church that, that is attractive to the community around us, to be a, a, a church that does the work of the gospel and not just talks about it. Lord, I pray you help us to be faithful to that. And Lord, I pray you help us to see your faithfulness. Lord, help us to stay faithful to your word and not to waver on doctrine. Lord, help us to see the fruit when you're ready to bring it. Help us to be steady. Help us to trust you. Help us to be carried by you. We love you and we thank you for how many different ways you continue to bless us. The new mercies we receive every day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Help us to not cease being grateful. We love you and we trust you. We ask you bless us and 
Bless our church in Christ's name. Amen.